Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. to the wise men say podcast we have a defeat a home defeat to talk about as we will um go into it in depth and discuss Sunderland's home form in general and where they go from here joining myself Stephen Goldsmith to do that is Gareth Bogger good evening good evening good evening now that uh, yeah, I know we should I am that, back uh... in the uh you and I am back in the in the mix. Feels a little bit daft that though, doesn't it? Because like you can speak about five languages. Oh no. And we can barely speak one. I know. I, know. I don't think it comes from a nasty place though, does it? You know? No, I'm just like me. It's not like just, people I'm are just, doing just like yeah, just... exaggerated Chinese accent or anything like that. Like right. dodgy, <laughs> dodgy grounds, like you know. Not doing on the podcast anyway. No, no, no. I wasn't gonna give behind, you obviously behind closed doors is fine. Yeah, I wasn't oh, gonna give you an example. Fine. I've just given an example of that and just like put me noticing. Um, <laughs> right. Redund- immediately redundo. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, also joining us is uh, Jimmy Ray. Evening, Jimmy. Hello. Hi. How are you doing? Are you well? I'm well. I'm very well. Have you, are, you, are you better than you were on Saturday? How many yeah, pints um, were, you, were you in when you were uh, part of that I, I don't know. Pod? Uh, a lot. I, I, yeah, I'm blame, blaming Matthew for, for that because I made the mistake of going to the pub with him at half eleven on Saturday. And possibly wasn't the best idea. I was going to uh, say. I was going to say we've had quite a few people on the socials. Firstly, just concerned about Jimmy's welfare after <laughs> um, listening to the reaction pod and. Uh, yeah. I'll be honest, Jimmy. I listened to it now. I got a hangover just listening to your talk. Um, <laughs> Such was the yeah. intoxication levels that were coming through the mic. Yeah, fair, the, was, the, um, pic, the picture that was sent the day after by Matthew, you sitting in the sofa with the dog and your cup of tea. <laughs> I mean, as grotesque as the picture is in many respects, you looked actually reasonably well, considering. Yeah, so... I'm not too bad when I know this, to be fair. I think I am. Um, it's a good how, job, really. Good. How old are you again, Jimmy? Uh, too old for me to be drinking that much. I'm 33. All right, okay. I'd, I'd, say, yeah. I'd say a fair play, 33. That's a pretty good effort. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Look, no, nothing wrong with that. We no, we, I'm just we, saying down no. the line, down the line. Just I was just thinking, 33. That might I might have been struggling. I think, but um, obviously, you know, the, the different different metabolism. No doubt. Yeah, it was uh, it was it was good night though. Um, and the pod seems to have gone down quite well. So I'm just content was fine. Content was fine. Yeah. Look, that's what <laughs> their old reaction pods are about. An initial reaction. Um, the drunk ones are all right as long as it doesn't, you know. And and then we debrief. Those don't say anything silly. <laughs> well, yeah, as long as you don't start like breaking in a song and stuff, uh, or being really offensive anyway. <laughs> Enough of that. So, defeat, that's disappointing, isn't it? Um, 
strange. We we've said for a while, haven't we? I think starting like at what point do the fans suddenly <sighs> trying to think about a word really? Um I feel like you know expectations haven't been high this season, but it is still Sunderland in the championship, and we haven't won. Have we won one game at home? Is that right? Two, two, two? It's, it's, against newly promoted both the yeah, teams we came it's, up with. It's, it's it was. I feel like you know. Do we feel like Saturday was the? Do you want to where the moment where the fans started like um started to say you know we 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 want more than this at home or what? I think. Do you want to uh, start something... off? Off Chris's fresh off Chris's abacus. Go on, go on then. Um, I'm pretty sure I've got this right based on what he said, but he said of our last 52 um, top flight home get top flight and second tier home games, um, we have only won eight. So that's a stat, isn't it? Yeah. And and the longer it goes on, the more of a, a problem it becomes because suddenly you know the everybody was talking about how good the atmosphere has been and stuff, um, you know, certainly from the playoffs last season onwards. And if you, if, you, if you just consistently turn up every single week and your side's not winning, people are going to get frustrated. And that's not me in any way sticking up for some of the stuff that went on Saturday because it was a bit over the top, wasn't it? I think the atmosphere is Paul. Um, do you know what it was? Um, it was like... I'm not going to get into like slagging supporters off because generally I think like, you know, well, in every, every fan base, you're always going to get like a percentage of morons because yeah. like the planet has a percentage of morons on it. And it's obviously, uh, you know, funnels down into whatever events you attend. Um, and some events will attend to attract more morons than others. Um, but, you know, generally I think it's Sunderland, you know, we get big attendances every week. I think the support generally, I would say, well, not generally, definitely has been brilliant this season and last in times when, you know, the fans need to get behind the team to get us over the line and, you know, those late winners and this year where, you know, the wing game will go 1-0 down at half-time and, you know, the fans, you know, giving the players a lift to keep going. I'm not really talking about that, just there's a couple of things like... um. I just felt there was a bit of a, a nastiness in the air the weekend. I don't know what it was. You know, sometimes, you know, it happens like, you know, you wake up on the wrong side of the bed. Maybe everyone woke up on the wrong side of the bed and there was just a bit of like, I don't know, there was stuff like jeering, um, like Ellis Sims, like ironically cheering him when he won a header and like stuff like that. It's just a bit minging, isn't it? And, and well, they're throwing like, the paper on the pitch. Yeah, I mean, well, well, that looked. I mean, that was. I mean, that's near where I am, and it just it was blown around in the wind, and it just there was like no need for people to be doing it. It just yeah. looked rubbish. I mean, it's not gonna. You're not gonna like hurt anyone with a scrumpled up ball of paper. No, it just looks it's stupid, just though. Stupid. It's just balls of paper blowing around. Like, why like when, like when, <laughs> like when the referee was like clearing the clearing it, and then like they started throwing more on. You're like, well, well, why? Like, what's yeah. the point? Like, what, what, what is the point? And then a lazy pe- laser pen thing. It's just daft. Like, and it will be like a select few people. But the thing, I think, the thing. It's a bit of like, well, obviously, we're going to talk about the match, but then now it sounds like we're getting on the soapbox. But like, the thing that's like, it's a bit of an elephant in the room. I think the thing that's like bugged some quite few people, but it's like it's almost like you can't really discuss it. Is like the booing of the, 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 the. the you know, anti-racism stance that, um, you know, many teams take. We we did when there was no fans in, um, and then we didn't when fans came back. 
And I think that's an elephant in the room in itself because it's like, well, why did we make the decision to not do it? Um, is it because we were worried of the reaction of some supporters, a small selection of supporters? Um, and we have seen it booed continually um, by a small section, but it felt like at the weekend when it happened, the boos were like really loud. Um, yeah. And it just, I don't know, if, for me, I was just I like... I think especially on a, on a game like, when, it's, when, when there's the silence has well, been there for remembrance. That's it. Like, you know, it's like, you know, it's like people are choosing what respect they can and can't show. It's like if yeah. anyone was to make a noise during a silence, not that I'd condone to do that, but I'm sure there'd be a, there'd be a reaction to oh. that. And for me, I think booing, booing of another message to show respect, i.e. taking the knee, is is in the same level of, of, of embarrassing and, and ridiculous for people to do it. I mean, there's no call for people to be booing that in the same way there'd be no call for people to interrupt a minute's silence. And yeah. the lack of respect on show, I think, is a bit ridiculous. To be honest. Yeah, I mean, fortunately, it, it's only a, a, a noisy, small section of support who continue to do it. Um, but I just think it's minging. Like it, it, like it's like after the weekend, particularly like you say, with a minute silence or two minutes silence or minutes silence and minutes clapping, whatever you want, to, um, <laughs> however it was supposed to go. Um, you know that for that to happen afterwards, it was just like you know Alanis Morissette could have like rocked up and started belting out a tune, <laughs> didn't you? Um, but it was just ridiculous. Like I just thought, like it's just rank, like. It's know, embarrassing. It's uh, really yeah. it's small and, like, time behavior. There was a guy. There was a guy behind me who, like, never I've never seen him before, and he was just fuming about it. And he was like, you know, and then he he was just like a dickhead all game as well. But he was just like angry and, you know, like I just say I don't know. It's just it was the atmosphere. Yeah. It was just, gonna, it was just weird. Disagree. Just disagree. Or just disagree. With it. You don't have to boot. And well, if you've got your reasons, you got your reasons. You don't disagree with it. We're not well, you, disagree, you know? But just whatever. Well, fair enough. But like, just, just you, you don't need. Yeah. It's just it's pointless booing. It. It's just actually much. what are you actually booing? Like, going out your way to do it. It's you know what I mean? And I think, like I say, we'll not get political on lecture. But I think yeah. last thing that people remember is you know, particularly in the Second World War, just remember what what the cause was and who the people we were fighting against was. Um, right. exactly. <laughs> why do they made those sacrifices anyway um, right on to the game uh, um, absolutely minging particularly in the first half um, a lot of this is on the manager in my opinion um, in terms of now the manager can't prevent players you know not being able to pass the ball five yards but when, when we've discussed how many times have we discussed the, the, the young players coming through and how we're lacking a bit of experience my opinion is, especially off the back of a win, when you've got Corey Evans and you've got Alex Pritchard, who you were, who are your two experienced players in the middle of the park, the two people who dictate the tempo of your player, and the two people who just off the ball and vocally uh, have that know-how and that knowledge, the decision to put them on the bench is is I have I've never been as 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 confused with the team selection in years watching Sunderland. Just to take it back to the start. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, particularly Pritchard for me not starting because Evans didn't have his best. I mean, I'm not saying I wouldn't have started Evans, but I think uh, he did wasn't great against Huddersfield. But Pritchard had one of his best better games for us, I thought, against Huddersfield. And to follow that up with with not starting him, I thought was really strange. And like you say, they're so important. Both of those players, the tempo of how we play, it was very weird to not see either of them starting. And it's sort of the issues that you'd expect from that lack of experience being there were born out within sort of, you know, 10 minutes of the start of the game. I think if you think about it, though, like, so you look at Huddersfield game, I know you've seen you thought Pritchard did well in the Huddersfield game. I thought it was 
pretty poor for the most part until he scored. Um, and yeah, I wouldn't have, but I, yeah, but I, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have dropped him for the record. Um, but um, yeah, it's just maybe you know, Barr and Neil did really well when they came on, didn't they, at Huddersfield? And maybe you want the continuation of that, and then then he gets into the game and it's not working. And, you know, then you've got a decision to make. It's like, well, can I take, like, a 19-year-old, 20, 21-year-old off after 30 minutes and bring Corey Evans on? And then it's like, well, I've got them in the dressing room and, you know, I'm going to give them an opportunity to do what we asked them to do in the first half and give them, you know, often you'll see that when a team's not played well, there won't be wholesale changes at half-time. They'll, they'll give them an opportunity mm-hmm. to fix it. Um, and maybe that's what he was hoping to do, and then it got worse. So that was you could say that was a. I, it's it's not you know a hot take to say that. You know, thirty seven thousand people in that ground knew that. Corey Evans needed to come on. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. At, at, at half time, so why he decided to just leave it? And when you say maybe you wanted them to correct them, just it was just. You know, we just conceded the game at that point by by not changing it at half time and allowing them to score, and then it was game over from that point. I mean, getting down to the to the to the basics of where I was going. I mean, like you see what you've just said there, it's probably not right to make a first half sub. It takes a match of balls to to do that, and that would have been an extreme reaction. But the I first thing it, was, I just think you've got to look after the players. I mean, yeah, that's what he's yeah, doing. Yeah, but I mean, was, was, but how quick he was to change the the obvious, you know, short of making a sub, the obvious thing to do was, so Mowbray's come out recently and spoken about how we would love to get Roberts and Ahmad in the, in the same team. He would have to try and find a way to do it. And he wouldn't like to be an opposition defender on that side of the pitch to get them coming down, one through the middle of the park on the right, one on the right. And he, he did that and he found a system to do it, but it didn't work because they were making the same runs. They were getting in each other's way. Um, and then, you know, so bad was Barr in particular, running around like a headless chicken with absolutely no positional discipline. The obvious thing to do would have been to swap Ahmad and Barr around at least to try and just shore up that left side a bit. And he did that, but he did it on 40 minutes or so. So he was slow to react to that before we even get into the lack of substitutions. And this is what, you know, this is why. It's just a large part of this is, is, is on the manager, in my opinion, and his, 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 how slow he was to react to this situation. Uh, a little birdie told me, Jimmy, that you thought um, Barr had a good game, which um, I have never disagreed with anything more in, the history, that, well, in the history it's, of it's this good, podcast. It's good that, it's good that um, <laughs> if, if, if I did say that, that, that that's been... Spread around, yeah. I, I well, that, that shows how ridiculous. That shows how ridiculous the opinion yeah. is. Yeah, no, it does. I don't know. I don't remember saying that, but uh, maybe, maybe what I meant. I thought to say you said it on the that, pod. Maybe I, I don't know. Forget that. Um, I haven't listened to it, but yeah, no, he didn't. Um, he didn't have a good game. I think the issue was it was weird to see how he played actually because um, he was good when he came on at Huddersfield, and it was. Strange that um, the contrast in performance from him. I think, I guess, obviously, it's consistency with him. The players is mainly going to be the issue with that. But yeah, it took too long to change. And I agree with you, Stephen. I just think, in general, Mowbray uh, was very slow to react. And it is sort of like, obviously, it's 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 you don't want to go too overboard in terms of criticism of the manager. But certainly, I would I would suggest uh, for this ninety minutes at least, a lot of the blame for it has to fall at his door. Um, you'd hope that he's learned a lot about the players from that and hopefully won't repeat the mistakes. But I agree, I think it was strange 
to not change it quicker. Um, and then also strange to then not make the substitutions quicker as well. Why well, didn't he back himself in a corner with Sims as well, doesn't he? Because I think he's probably, he did admit himself, he's like tempted to start, but it's a risk. And then he did start him and from the outset, you could see he just wasn't fit. Like, mm-hmm. and there's somebody who's like, you're then asking someone to start and you've gone from saying, and we'll try and build him up to 60 minutes before the World Cup. And then he's on the second game before we finish for the World Cup. He's on for about 65, 70 minutes. And the reason he has to stay on is because um, we haven't got an option really to replace him. So he kind I understood of... that risk a little bit more. I understood that because because he changed the game so much at Huddersfield. But he's playing um, with You could see he was playing within himself because he's got to make himself last yeah. no, longer uh, than he's totally. Fit, and we'll, and we'll get mean? and we'll get on to his performance. We'll get on to that specifically. But I think. I, I understand it, it did on the face of it look like a backfire. I couldn't stand that one because I would have done the same because I know that when I was listening to the uh, preview pod uh, that Jimmy and the guys did and, and I disagreed when, when people were saying they would, they would have left him on the bench for the game because I thought, well, actually, he changed the game so much against Huddersfield and to an extent against Luton that actually I would rather just, even if you get half of a game out of him and try and get your, your noses in front, then the opposition's got to come out a bit more. Then it's less of an issue if you don't have that centre forward. So I, I, understand, I got that, but it did, again, it did contradict with the, the other team, the, with the other changes he made in the, in, in the team. Because if you're going to do that, um, keep, keep your strongest team out. And and, mm-hmm. and try and and try and give yourself every opportunity. Get yourself a, a goal or two in front before you need to take them off. That would have been my thinking. But of course, he didn't name his strongest team behind him, so it's just baffling all around. I don't know. If it, I don't know if it's about naming a stronger side. It's probably looking at the the players that were available and you know whatever whatever. Richard and Evans are in your str- no, in everybody's I'm, strongest yeah, eleven, surely. Yeah, but at the same time, it's a squad and. They're looking at the players that are available and saying, "Well, you can do. You you should be good on the basis of what we've seen. You're good enough to go in and do the job we want you to do." So, yeah, you've got a strongest eleven. I I agree with that, like generally. But you know, it is a squad game as the cliche awesome. goes, and and they will they they will sometimes you sometimes will make those changes. I did think it was odd. Maybe just thought they needed a rest. Um, but when you've got the you know we've got one game. Left before the before a well three week break, essentially three and a half week break, whatever it might be. Um, you you know, you it seems a bit strange, but it was just wrong like everything, it was just everything. It felt like I just had a like miserable afternoon on Saturday, to be honest. It was just crap, like from everything, like I didn't feel good at the game, didn't like I really enjoyed going and watching this season and. Like the weekend, it was just just a bit of a like a sour experience. I don't know. I just I don't know if it was it like off the, of the pitch stuff and the on the pitch yeah. stuff. When the, we were crapping the game, and it was just like yeah. No. I was going to say it reminded me of some of the home games in League One. I think Cardiff sort of played a bit like some of the teams that we played in terms of what they were what they were trying to do, and just made for a poor game. Um, us being poor as well, obviously, and it was just one of them where, like you say. Kind of minging, depressing weather. Poor game. It was a bit flat. The atmosphere. That they never, not really much got going in terms of chance. Obviously, giving away the penalty early on didn't help. I guess with with the atmosphere as well. Although I haven't said that, it was good save from Patterson. I must give him credit for that. 
But um, yeah, I think you're right. It was it was just a flat game. I mean, you are going to get them in seasons, and, and the issue is obviously if you look at it as a whole with our home form, we really need to start um, producing at home. I, I don't know particularly what the cause of it is, but a lot of it you could see the issues we've had at home in the microcosm kind of exemplified with with the way we played on Saturday. I thought a lot of what was bad about this team all happened at once. It was a bit like a perfect storm of of issues that all came to a head in one go, didn't it? Yeah, on that penalty save, by the way, just thinking about this, I'm sure there's a stat doing the rounds. Um, this could be completely wrong now, I'm going to say it out loud. I think it was Jonathan Wilson flagged it a few years ago. And I say a few years ago because I can't remember a keeper saving a penalty in a home game for quite in the last few years. There was something like, I'm sure there was a stat that like the last goalkeeper to save a penalty at home in a league game for Sunderland was like Tony Norman. Well. Wow, that can't, I can't be think right. of any. Surely? I don't know. League, well, league, league, league against Doncaster. Yeah, against Doncaster. Oh, he did. In the lockdown yeah, games. He did, yeah, he, he did in the lockdown. It doesn't count. Oh, yeah. he did, yeah. It doesn't count. Yeah. It was in the during yeah. lockdown. Yeah. Killed yeah. one game. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Lee, Burge, Lee, Lee Burge wins. Yeah. So, Lee, yeah. Yeah, so like Lee, Lee Burge wins that award then. But even so, that is a daft stat. I mean, somebody out there will probably be able to like, Chris, if you're listening, can you pull together that information? Um, get your goalkeeping abacus out and um, try and work out Tommy how many Sorrison years it should was. have had one against Watford. Yes, Thomas in the League Cup. Remember that? Yeah. FA Cup, I think. Uh, yeah, it was the FA Cup. Was it Was it quarter? Uh, Staff 16? Fifth, I think it was fifth round. Yeah, uh, last 16, wasn't it? And we, they were in the division below us as well. And he saved it and then the lines went flat for no back, reason yeah. whatsoever and made him take it again. Yeah, said he went in the days where people generally weren't penalised for coming off the line. But... Um, yeah, but it was, I mean, Patterson again, you know, that is that one. Like, if you don't want to talk about positives, in that's the, the game, only positive from the game. That maybe I thought Ahmad yeah. again, I thought Ahmad again did all right. I thought, well, if, you know, if that shot he had was, you know, he had one cleared off the line, even before yeah, the penalty, he did. didn't he? He tried, he tried to make something happen, didn't he? Yeah. Um, and he, you know, I think the real positive thing about him is what a change in not that he was bad before, um, or anything, he was like a neat and tidy player, but. Yeah. And there's a young lad who has decided he's good enough to take responsibility and get games by the scruff of the neck. And I think that can only be a good thing for us going forward because there's a young lad who, you know, yeah, he's not our player, but there's there's somebody who's gone, right, I've got a ability and I can influence games and I'm going to go and get the ball and make things happen. And you need players like that in your team. Talking about having a lack of experience, where have you got, like Jack Clark does it all the time. You know, Jack Clark will, you know, Jack Clark could hit 150 crosses over the crossbar after dribbles, you know, in a football match, and then he'll go and get the ball and do it, try and do it for the 151st time. It doesn't bother him, and that's what you need: players who want to take responsibility on the ball. Yeah. And you know that that's a real positive thing to see because we need as many people who want to take responsibility in the in this starting eleven as we as we can. No, I agree. I think that's the one difference. You know, I, I was just going to joke there and say. Can't I can't be done with another one of these runs at home where we just teams come up and just fill the boots and, and turn us over. But that that is the one different factor that we have now in comparison to those previous sides that have gone through these runs is that we have players who want the ball and asking for the ball. And I'd like to say in particular, he was shouting at people for not for not giving them it. And 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 that is the nice thing to see because we've often had the obvious opposite problem where good players on paper hide. And don't want the ball, yeah. and don't ask for the ball. So that is an encouraging thing. Even people like, like you say, Patrick Roberts, who was a very frustrating player. Um, at times, 
he's still like he asks for the ball and he wants it. Yeah. And 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 you just think that if if that continues, then the, the, you'll 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 turn it around to an extent. Yeah, you'll get you'll get more good performances than bad from players of that attitude. I think it's it's like you say, it, it's a positive that we do. That is worth talking about because you know, it, and, and what I would also say as well is that the, it's frustrating because I didn't think Cardiff were very good, and I think if we'd have just played just even the say twenty thirty percent better than we actually did, I think we would have got a result there because yeah. I mean, you know, it was only one nil. Um, only, yeah. And yeah, they, they 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 reminded me of it, sort of like 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 I said for like a bit like a League One team in the way they were playing. It was you know there was quite early on there were time wasting trying to win fouls and it was it was quite like you know a bit quite a bit of the shit and stuff that you see quite a bit of or we have seen. I think we we didn't you know we've been able to play sort of three teams who've been doing that to us this season so far, especially away from home. But um, I just think that really we we could have done with a bit just a bit more. We, we weren't good at all but it's more frustrating that, that we weren't that far away at the same time because you know they they would have been happy with a the point there 100% you could tell that by the way they were playing and I okay. just think that it's frustrating that we didn't capitalise on what and if you look at their away record they're, they're, they've got a terrible away record and you can kind of see why really it's, it's, we shot ourselves in the foot I do feel a little result. bit to be fair to them though I thought they played once the kind of game settled down because we had a reasonable start we had some good chances because it was mm-hmm. so open um, and we gave the ball away on the break when we had like overloads a few times. We had the one off the line, obviously. Yeah. Um, and then like once they got a grip on the game and obviously we were so loose positionally, um, you know, the two like young centre midfielders in particular, once they got a grip of it, um, I thought they played some quite nice football. And they put another one in there. I would. I haven't looked at any map or data or anything. And I'm sure Danny would put us right, but it felt like they put. It felt like they reacted to that gaping hole we left in the yeah. middle of the apartment mm-hmm. and put another one in there and dealt with the situation. That's what I'm saying. And Morbid was so slow to react. I could be wrong on that, but at the time, that's what I thought. That's what it seemed like. Maybe visually, I, I, I think. I think one of their players was. Yeah, I think that was the number ten. I think their player. He, he was kind of. I think he was dropping deep at times below. And then obviously that Joey Rolls and Brady took their penalty. I think he's a bit of a box-to-box midfielder. I think he maybe changed... He, I think he definitely changed the way he was playing. Um, and Because he, he started getting on the ball a lot more, um, obviously, once they'd realised the issues we were having. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it, it was frustrating for me. The frustrating thing was to get as well to get to half-time and get a nil-nil and go, yeah, right, well, exactly. we've, got out, we've got out of that. We've got out away with that after being dragged for the last sort of 20 minutes. And then it did feel as though a little bit, though. I know what you're saying, Jim, about like they weren't great, but at the same time, it felt as though they were just kind of keeping us at arm's length, really. Like they didn't, we didn't yeah. really make them work hard to defend that point, like that those three points. Oh no, yeah, I'm not excusing that, but what we said. But what I kind of mean is that had we done a bit more, I don't know, I don't know whether they'd have been able. Like they, it wasn't like they, it wasn't easy for them. I think that yeah. we it was us being bad more than them being good. I would suggest yeah. is the reason they were not getting. I, Especially when you like say if you look at their their record away from home, it's, yeah, I think, I think we 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 really should have done a lot more than we did. I think as well, you, you, you know, the the changes we made in the game to try and do things positively. So like even Embleton came on and he's been a goal threat this season, but he was pretty average. Bennett, like again, like he doesn't really. He looks like he could be a threat at times, but. You know, he gets into an area and he might get a cross in or whatever, but he doesn't really like. And he's getting put on every single week. Yeah, he he's, not really... eased, he's not getting eased in like we all thought. No, I mean, he's not really. 
he doesn't really do an, enough when he comes on in the in the games. Like he's, he scored mm-hmm. against Watford and did. He's put a few decent balls in, but like really, when you think about his substitute appearance, he's looked lively, but he hasn't really had any end product. Um, I'm not having a go. I mean, the thing is though, the, the only way you get it. Yeah, he needs to play to get but this is it. experience. Though, but this, this is the, he's this is the get better on the bench. Is he? That's the problem. I mean, this is maybe something to talk <clears> about <throat> in the second half and of the pod. Um, and <clears throat> you know, it is like the trade-off of the model. And I know you like sort of flagged it earlier in the in the show, Stephen, about how long do people who are going to the game on a match by match basis um, accept looking neat and tidy and looking like we could have got something but didn't on the days when we play crap and we get punished for it. And then the games clock up and we've won two in 10, two in 11 or whatever. You know, Let's what point? Do it, that, yeah, Let's okay. do that. Let's do that. It's a good shout and I'm going to, I'm going to take you up on it. We'll have a break. We'll spend 10 minutes talking about that amongst other things. <laughs> I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome back to the Wise Men's Ship. Ten minutes now on where Sunderland go from here um, using... The defeat as a marker in the in the season. There's no midweek game to talk about, of course. Uh, so I don't really want to get into Friday. We'll uh, leave that for the preview team on Thursday. So I'm going to give you the floor back, Gareth, because you'd started. And I, I can't uh, know what's talking about. Now. Interrupted you. I think we were just t- discussing and I, and I started the 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 pod with it. Really, don't we? It, 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 there's only it will get to a point where I know like Lee Howie was on the other week when, when, when I couldn't come on and made some good points. And I, I agree to an extent where there are times when this little one touch football and these young players remind you of, of why you're watching football. You compare it to like what Phil Parkinson put us through, for example, and taking a pragmatic approach. But the longer it goes on where you aren't winning games at home, that's ultimately what people are there for, to watch, watch you win a game. It's difficult because we, we mourn. Fans can mourn either way, can't they? You can be winning pragmatic. We hear it all the time with certain managers and you're grinding at wins and the fans hate it and saying, I'd rather lose and play a nice football and stuff. Or lose 4-3 to win one. Yeah, day. yeah. So um, it's, 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 
it's a difficult one. I just like I say, I think he did it, the manager did themselves no favours with the team selection. But um, where we're we going from here in terms of the squad balance, because we are we we're short, aren't we? He, he can't. It's getting to a point you can't. He can't take Evans out the firing line. Look what happens. That midfield think, collapsed because he wasn't there. Again, it's I think it's going to be interesting to see. You know, and you know, if you look at what we're doing and the the long term element of it, and you look at teams who've done this kind of thing, and you know, you look at say a team like Barnsley, for example, is a good example where they kind of bring in a certain type profile of player. They've got like a a method, and then they got the playoffs. And then they got relegated the following season because the play, a lot of the players left. They had a high turnover of players. Some other things changed. The manager left. Um, and they brought some other players in and they went down. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see. We've kind of had a high turnover of players in, in some respects. In the summer, yeah, we retained some of the ones who were here last year on on shorter deals. Um, you know, the, the longer you're in the championship... Um, the the pressure mounts on expectation of results, um, and we're already seeing now a little bit of frustration creeping in. Maybe the fact that we haven't won enough games at home this year, dropped points in games where we should should really have, have won them, like QBR and Preston, you know, conceding late goals, um, and that all builds towards that that creative frustration, doesn't it? Um, do we when think if got... we swapped around our home form and away form, it would be different? Yeah, yeah. I think perception would be different. Yeah, I, I think um, not among everyone, but I think I think um, possibly people might because there are obviously people who go to home games who wouldn't and don't really obviously go to away. You don't watch, you can't really watch the away games all the time either, can you? Especially if it's on Saturday. So I think there will be maybe some people who only who only watch our home performances. Maybe might not have might not. If we'd won more at home and less away, they may have a more positive. Well, you, you, you're, not, think... you're not getting the satisfaction, are you? If you're not there to watch it, you're yeah. not getting the same. You're, yeah. not, getting, you're not. You're not getting the ful- fulfilment that that you would get if this was if our away form yeah. was a home form and we win a more. Well, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the issue as well as personnel is kind of the the off the ball shape and work. I don't know if well, for example, on on Saturday, I just don't know if, if we're doing enough in training in terms of defensive shape, work off the ball, stuff like that, because there's been a few games recently, Burnley in the second half, another example, um, where we kind of just don't, there's not always a structure in terms of what we're trying to do. Um, there is, in, going forwards, I think, with the ball, but off the ball and without the ball, it's not always there. And I don't think the solution would be to change the style of play in terms of like trying to go off sort of like long ball set pieces stuff because that's we haven't got the players for that. But I think we can change the way we're we're, we're working off the ball. Because one of one of the big things that was so good about us the back end of last season was like the promotion was how few goals we conceded and how good we were off the ball in terms of structure and you know making sure when we got a lead we could keep it. Um and I think obviously the lack of like you know being hamstrung by injuries certainly but I think another thing to raise is, is possibly um just Mowbray need to make, look a bit more at Doing some more work off the ball in terms of how you know more structures. It would certainly help the younger players as well. I think to have a bit more structure, and it might also help a bit more with the consistency. Because I think at times it's almost a bit like they don't really know what they're meant to be doing. Uh, I think that was definitely evident on Saturday, and like I referenced the Burnley game as well. So I think that possibly is something we need to look at. I think you know moving forward. So hopefully there's that time with the World Cup we can maybe use that to 
try and get a bit more of a structure in place. And to be fair, though, we've not... I mean, the Burnley second half aside, I mean, you, you look at games of conceded, we obviously kept a clean sheet at Huddersfield, you know, the Blackburn game, you know, it was a worldie, and I know the ball's got to get to him, and there's an argument there anyway, but it's just like, if, you know, there's not many other players in the league who are probably going to, like, whip that ball in the top yeah, corner from true. there. And then it's, a, again, it's conceding from a set piece. Other game, definitely other games that you know, like the Swansea game defensively. I think, yeah, that conceded. The stru- you know, not, for me, it's yeah, the off the ball not, structure. Right, not it, it, sort of things weren't right, but I do, I do agree with you to an extent. It needs to be better, but we haven't been, we haven't been. Oh, obviously, it would be terrible by any means. I, games, I just think that it's something we could work on that might help in terms of, like, say, for example, if he needs to rest Evans or he needs to rest Pritchard, if there's a bit more of a structure off the yeah, ball, it yeah. might make it less noticeable because I, I, I think obviously with the younger players like Bar, for example, he's not going to have the experience to always know what he needs to do. He need, you know, he's going to need instruction. And I think he saw that on Saturday that was obviously lacking in his in his performance. And so, you know, obviously not just him in that game, things were evident with other players in the Burnley game, Daniel, for example, in the second half against Burnley. So it was a similarly poor performance and stuff like that. So well that's all saying about the omission, you know, taking it back, that's all saying so frustrated about the omission of of Evans and Pritchard because there was a point where it was just unfolding so quickly and unraveling so quickly. There's nobody yeah. on the pitch with the experience to, to manage that situation and to talk the players through and say, this is what we do now to just stop this wave of these wave waves of attacks. And that links in, that's not made a good made trying to go over all ground, but this links to what do we need? What, what, what do we need to do? Like in terms of who we're bringing in, because the same, so set on on this model and, and we keep saying it, that's fine and using that as a template is fine but it can't just only ever be that. No, I think like we, we yeah, we need to look at more. We've got enough young players now. I don't think we need to be signing more young players. I think we do. There is definitely room for more experience in there and there's no reason why a model shouldn't be flexible to be able to deal with changes in what we need. We don't need to be signing more young midfielders. We've got loads of them. What we do need is another experienced midfielder. Same with the striker as well. We don't need another striker who has who has not played. We need somebody with experience of scoring goals. And that's not the model. Is the model for? But it, like in terms of it, it can't just be one thing. And it's, no successful model will just be young players. All the all the. The clubs who have these models that generally target young players will also look at experience as well. And there's no I mean, reason why through, this, through the spine in particular. So defence, yeah, exactly. midfield, up top, if Stewart's fit, less of a problem. But like but if you look somebody around, somebody, you know, as back up and around just to, to be around those strikers who can come on and manage a game up up there would help as well, I think. Exactly. If you look at if you look at the the, the players being like so we've been linked with Bradley Dak. I don't know, you know, it's been reported this week and might, some might say, well, it's a bit lazy because obviously Morby had him at Blackburn and he's, he's, not, he's not. Yeah, but at the same time, you think, go, well, do we need another? Like, yeah, he is experienced, so that's ticking one box. But at the same time, it's like, well, are you talking about the model? Do we need uh, another diminutive attacking central attacking midfielder? Like, if you want to drop, if you want to drop. Pritchard, and or you want to rotate Pritchard out and bring him in instead? Fair enough. Or you because you're always sitting Pritchard off on sixty minutes, and then you bring in somebody on for the last thirty. Then maybe he's looking at that, going, "Well, we're having to continually make that change for whatever reason." 
um, whether it is stats that dip fitness wise because obviously they're all connected to the GPS. It's always always the same time. So maybe Mm -hmm. they're looking at that going, well, we need to make that change regularly. So if we've got if we've got a, a, a like for he is a like for like replacement for Pritchard. And I guess if you wanted to play a two, he could probably play like as a kind of second striker rather than a ten if you wanted to. He probably. scores he's, he's, his goal records better yeah. than Pritchard's. Yeah. Result, it is, so it, it is as well. Yeah. That, that's a fair point. So I'm not saying it's a bad I'm not saying that would be a bad signing, by the way. But what I'm saying is it's a, if you want to talk about the model and you're looking at overloading an area of the squad with a certain kind of player, he would absolute. Mm-hmm. We're already heavily stocked in that department, and you'd be bringing a player who is probably not in, in the age bracket, and also we've got loads of those players. So it seems yeah. a bit. If we did sign him, it seems a bit odd in that respect. If you're going to be so, well, like, he might not be. A, he might not be on the model to sign. It might just be that journalists have put two and two together because maybe. Well to be fair. The guy who's reporting is generally quite reliable, to be fair. But oh yeah, no, yeah. But what I mean is, that there might be, uh, you know, is Mowbray allowed some of his own signings as well as model signings? Maybe. I mean, do we know? Maybe. Yeah, well, we definitely we we absolutely. I mean, going back to Sims, I mean, he got some. He got absolutely battered at the weekend, like people into him, and yeah, he didn't have a very good game at all. Like, so are you just think he's a twenty-one? He's like being yeah. out. It's his first start in about two months. Like. He's he's a twenty one year old lad. He's never played in the championship before. You like you know like you know I know it's frustrating, but like you it know people, people, just weren't, him people weren't <laughs> doing it like it's weird. It's like why why like other players get leeway for like mistakes and errors and poor performances. It's like weird. It's like well, do people think he's older than he is or? More experienced than he is. Yeah, I think there's an element of that. Yeah, I don't know. It just seems to me. I think in people's heads, he's not a young player, is he? In the same way that like Diallo, Bennett, whoever. I think people put him in the same bracket as Clark, Roberts, Stewart. But he's he's much more similar in age. He's similar in age and games played to someone like Diaku or Diallo. Diallo more than he is to somebody like Clark and Roberts. But people don't see it that way. Maybe, Maybe maybe just. Because he's physically bigger and stronger, maybe people just assume he's more able to handle it. But that's yeah. always the case with his, with his age, because his age is the factor. I think in terms of his, what was the problem on Saturday, he's inconsistent and he wasn't fit as well. Probably should have come on again. In hindsight, yeah. although like Stephen said, I I would have started, but in hindsight, you'd think yeah. maybe actually could we have just done what we did at Huddersfield. You just want to get you want to get coming on while the games, games on you. Yeah, he's been coming on while the games are being stretched. So it's very different, isn't it? Um, and, he, and he knows he's got well I've got 30 minutes to burn my tank here mm. it's different when you start in a game you're like well yeah. I've got I've got, I've got to manage myself for 65-70 minutes it's going to happen he, he's, he's looked excellent in his little cameo sub appearances I think and he, he had a stinker happens he's, yeah. he's, he's playing as a lone striker like you say he's a young lad he's not going to He's not going to play well every every game, and uh, you know, hopefully, people it's just people take their frustrations out. I think the thing is, though, people if you don't rate somebody, you think someone's crap or whatever, then fair enough. Like it's that's your opinion, but I just thought like listen to some of the comments about him. If you read like you read some of the stuff on social media, just like people, he doesn't want to be here. He's proven he doesn't care. We should send him back and all this. You're like Jesus, don't, like, pay, attention. don't pay attention to that. But stuff, you just like it's we know that's the rule. Like, you know, no, but like it, but like it was a guy who rang up Total Sport and he was just like, Oh, he's like, basically going on. No, but I'm just saying it's just <laughs> weird, isn't it? It's like 
And the fact that he was getting like, like the ironic cheers, it's, it's just minging. It's like hard. Like yeah. it's just like, come on. Like I mean, I know it's frustrating, but like that is, that is that's harsh. That is, I think, I think that's like there's a line then that it wasn't loads of people, but at the same time, you're like Jesus. There was I think there was a ball shelled up there once. With ten foot over his head, it always happens. It's like people like kicking off that he's not like. Why is he not? Yeah, why he's not got the ball, or why is he? You know, it's like, well, what do you want? It, what do you want him to do? Then there was one where it was cut back to him in the box, and he touched, took him away from goal, but it was behind him, and he's stretching to get the ball, and people like fuming about it, like that he didn't like control the ball and turn and hit it, and you think, well, that he was never going like you'd have to like he's just physically. It's bio biomechanically impossible what you want them to do. Yeah, well, I think that gets back to something that, that I'd say in general, I think with a lot of, especially younger players, is like people, uh, I say, like, for me, it's like sometimes people will make like a hard and fast decision on whether they like, like a player or not, like really quickly. And I think it's a lot easier to just kind of like, you got you got to take the rough for the smooth with younger players. I think it's to expect someone to be, you know, on the on the game week in week out, especially at this level, in you know, in the, when an experience isn't going to happen, I think people just sometimes try and take their frustrations out too soon. People, maybe people need to give a bit more more time. We've gone, we've gone, we've gone, we've gone from well, we don't need another striker because he would never get in a set ahead of Sims and Stewart to us. Yeah, exactly, we should send him well. back <laughs> in about in about ten. Yeah. He's played about ten games. I think it's interesting, yeah. like from a psychological, you would get really deep on it, couldn't you? Because I get again, another thing is like. Are younger players being held to a, a a higher account than they should be? But because that's all we've got, young players. So, so you're watching all these young players play, and then yeah. suddenly, you know, you, you've got your certain standard where, and, and and usually you would have like three or four young players in the side, and then you would allow for their experience, and you know what I mean. It's just quite interesting the way your know, points of view and perceptions can change when suddenly all of your players are young. So suddenly you start saying, well, what sort of standard are you are you? Are you holding these players well, to home, homegrown players? Are the, the the young homegrown players? It's basically get them in the team, can't do any wrong, and then all of a sudden they have one bad game, and it's like, well, he's crap. That's it. Now he's wasted the time <laughs> written off. Completely. That happens. Yeah, it, just, it, it always happens. Like, get this young homegrown player in. That's what I'm saying. People one of our own, and then it's like, like, no, he's crap. So he's certain, had a bad game. He's crap so now. That's it. That somebody's either really good or really bad. It's like. So and so should never play for the club again. So and so is rubbish, or so and so is amazing. So and so should be playing for England. It's like, can it not just be some like level of perspective where sometimes players will be good and other times they'll be bad, and that's like what happens in football? Yeah. But yeah, no, definitely, and and you know, and, and and that's what we try and do. I think we try and do that as much as we can. And again, yeah, well, yeah, go, go, going back to like what I was saying about Barr as well, just because he's an absolute stinker doesn't mean I'm writing him off in any way. I think he's been, I've sport, uh, you know, he's, he's been really positive in some of his substitution uh, cameos. I just it wasn't the time and place, and that's on the manager as much as him. But he, he clearly needs um, some vocal people around him because. I've never seen like you know positional naivety like that in the first. Oh, you, did, were you not there to see Marcus Angelari plays and oh, well, yeah, right back yeah, against Blackburn? Yeah, that was fucking. Yeah. Um, I never forget that cross he shanked it at the north. Where, was, it, that was, that, was that the um, that's county game? Was that I think um, shanked sure. cross? Oh no, I thought no, it was a Blackburn game. I think it was a league game. game. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, that's what it's. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he had great hair though, Angelari. Yeah, he did. He was a. 
in an Arsenal. You look like you look like yeah, he was yeah, he played a lot for a lot more for Argentina did for Southern, didn't he? Yeah, mm. and that's a way that's where we like to do it. <laughs> right. Okay. What we'll do is we'll leave it there, I think, and let the lads come back. Um, lads and lasses potentially come back on uh, Thursday and um, look ahead to Friday night at Birmingham, who are doing all right this season, aren't they? So, so well, they had, we had identical want... records, didn't we, up until the weekend? So I think mm-hmm. to get back on track, we need to beat them. <laughs> if you Also, if you want all the um, hot, hot content that we're providing, um, be up until that. The Birmingham game, any other potential reaction there may be. Obviously, we've got the, the Rawa meeting tonight with mm-hmm. um, uh, Kirill. I think, is it Kirill and Steve Davison doing it? I'm not sure if Kirill's there. Is he not? I thought for I some reason. I thought I'm not sure. Kirill. He might be. I don't know. Anyway, someone's going to be there. Steve Davison will be. And, you know, I'm sure there'll be stuff coming out of that because um, people have been given the opportunity to ask questions. So, Maybe there'll be some reaction to that because there's some people there tonight on behalf of Wise Men say um, it's like the representatives and there might be some stuff on that. And obviously we'll be previewing, building up to, as well as the pod on Thursday. Go to wisemensay.co.uk um, for all of your um, needs, just general needs. Mm-hmm. Yes, good admin, lad. Right. Mm-hmm. As always, thanks for listening. It's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.